Hi, it's Janelle. This is Marissa. This is Shade, and you're listening to a very special edition of Sleepy Think Cast. Whoop whoop! Yay! New York Comic Con edition. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Do we have any ravens? Are we doing ravens? Uh, oh, no, the Raven is the interview. No, I mean, just, unless we have comic book related. You guys want, like, mail from Katrina? Who wants <laughs> Katrina mail? <laughs> Nobody except Crane. Yes. It's going to be like, Dear <laughs> Cast, this is a letter. This letter contains my regards for you. You are in my heart. Enjoy this letter. Sincerely, Katrina. <laughs> no shade but shade <laughs> so on this uh special episode of fat pink cast um we'll be um presenting our interview that we did with marguerite bennett who is the author of the sleepy hollow comics and we'll also be chatting about basically what we talked about in the interview and everything and so yeah we hope you enjoy When did you first hear about the potential for a Sleepy Hollow comic? Like, how did you get involved? Oh, gosh. Um, well, it actually, like, the, the way that I got into the show was uh, last year at San Diego Comic-Con. It was my first San Diego, and I didn't have a thing published. I had nothing in my name. Um, I'd just been announced in the Batman Annual with Scott Snyder. And so I was just sort of, like, alone in the sea of people. Yeah. And just sort of, like, puppying around, you know, after, like, my friends all weekend. But there were large parts of it, you know, where I was by myself, and there was um, this Grant Morrison panel that I really wanted to see. I'm a diehard Grant Morrison fan. Mm-hmm. And it was this only panel of, like, the entire con. And um, so I knew that they didn't clear between rooms. And so, you know, his yeah. panel was later in the day, and right before that, there was a panel for this TV show I'd never heard of. Uh, and I was like, all right, it's an hour. Like, it's yeah, worth it. I'm going to yeah. get me a real good seat. Yeah. And so I went in, and, you know, there was an enormous crowd. It was yeah. a huge level of enthusiasm. Yeah. And um, they wound up showing the entire pilot of Sleepy Hollow, and yeah. the cast came out, and it was you know I was just like oh I'm too cool for this like they straight up killed Tom, and it was yeah. like oh my god they they straight up they straight up killed him, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, and then it's like oh my oh Abby, and I was you know just overwhelmed by like the charm of it, and yeah. Like, like, the darkness, but like the fun and like uh-huh. the campiness, right. and, you know, adventure of like you know, like this really dark horror story. Yeah. And I just fell in love with it. And so like when the cast came out, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you got I'm just me. Like you I didn't me. know this uh, was gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just hook, line, and sinker. And so you know, I was glowing about it to all of my friends afterwards. And um, one of the people I wound up talking to about the show was Daphne Plevin, um and Boom. And, you know, we were both huge fans of it. And so she was like, how would you feel if we tried to take, like, this fangirl love and, like, pitch something? <laughs> um, and, you know, they wound up, like, you know, being really receptive to that idea. And, you know, we put together, like, all these different stories. And, you know, they liked it. And so, yeah, I've been so super grateful. Like, <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Like, we're grateful. <laughs> we're so thankful. Like, wow, so Definitely. cool. Yeah. How is your work process... Um, at Boom and mm-hmm. working on Sleepy Hollow, how is that mm-hmm. different from the work that you did with Marvel and DC? Mm-hmm. Oh, with Marvel and DC, um, it's 
sort of like yes and no. Mm -hmm. uh, with the, the characters at DC, they've got, you know, like these enormous legacies. And it's like, you know, in some cases it was 75 years of continuity. Mm -hmm. And 75 years of, you know, these, these characters, they're so iconic. And they mean so many different things to so many different people. Yeah. And you want to do justice to all those different interpretations to make the book, you know, accessible to all the different fans. But it's really hard because a lot of those interpretations contradict each other. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So with DC, you know, there was a lot of pressure in order to live up to those expectations. Um, with Sleepy Hollow, everything's fresh and new, and a lot of the characters have, you know, these shadowed backstories, um, you know, with aspects of their lives that have been deliberately concealed, you know, mm -hmm. for later seasons. Mm -hmm. And so you have, you know, freedom in one way in that, you know, there are dynamics that haven't been explored, but then you also have to be careful that you're not, you know, essentially stealing the thunder of something that's to come. Yeah. Um, you know, like one of the things, like I went back and rewatched the entire season, you know, before I pitched, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, you know, I picked up, you know, strands of this and that, you know, why don't I propose a story based off this? And they were like, actually, we have something coming. Uh, and so it was like, aha, my fangirl skills. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so yeah, um, so it was really great. But it was, um, you know, it's, so it's it's a different level of pressure. You know, you have, you have freedom in some areas, or you don't feel like the same anxiety in some areas. But mm -hmm. then you, you know, have things in others that you have to be aware of. Yeah. Right. So have you gotten a chance to see the new season at all? I have. Uh -huh. it, was, it actually took me like a while to see the pilot because I, I was waiting for my housemate. Like we're both like like she's she's the Abby to Megabot. Oh. We were talking like before I got the job. Like we were talking about like going for Halloween. Like I was gonna get the coat and like do my oh, hair nice. or like get a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. And she's like tiny and has dark hair, and so yeah. it's like, good, we can do this. Um, but then Larry goes, maybe that's like too on the nose. <laughs> like, maybe we shouldn't do that. Um, so I was waiting for her. Uh, she, she just took the GRE, and so you know, she was oh, like yeah. studying you know, every night for mm -hmm. months. And so it was like, this is proof of my love for you. This is our friendship. <laughs> I won't do it. And so, like, you know, it was wait. just like, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I saw it and I loved it. And I love, I love purgatory. And I love any time where they get to like, express how much they care about each other but it's not like conventional you know or like the way that you expect them to right. but it's so tender all the same right. and it means so much because it came in an unexpected way and yeah. This, yeah like the fist bump oh my gosh <laughs> and like you know I'll teach you the second part like yeah that. yeah it's those little moments and like the hugging <laughs> Oh, anytime so they hug, it's just like, ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that you saw? So I'm, uh, did you see like, the first three episodes? Like the past, are um, you I all caught up? Seen, I haven't seen Mondays. Uh -uh. Oh. Um, there was so much to do before New York Comic Con. And oh, was, right, yeah. right, right, of course. Um, there's so, so you saw the first two episodes of yes, the new uh -huh. season. Is there anything that you saw in those first two episodes that you're like, oh, that's really good. I wish I was able to yeah, incorporate uh -huh. it. Yeah. There was actually something that I was really worried. I was like, oh, God, no, did I steal thunder from a beat? Um, because, you know, we're still working on like the later issues right uh -huh. now. Like, oh, man, is it's going to be a conflict and it was like nope okay we're good <laughs> okay. I can still breathe <laughs> okay. wait so are we going to have more than four issues oh um it's the, the last two issues are being drawn right now oh, so okay. you know there's still you know we're still working um, things out mm -hmm. um, or no sorry the last the second issue is being drawn the third and fourth are in production and you know oh. getting notes and going through revision right now okay um, so that was the thing where it was you know I had like my moment of panic of like oh gosh this is a story I really want to do yeah did I you know completely misread this and they've done the story already but no we're, we're, we're okay okay <laughs> cool. so i don't know if you heard about this but there's mm -hmm. a slight i don't know call it a slight mm -hmm. it's a big deal to me actually <laughs> it's a huge deal it's that abby deal. Uh, abby is um constantly in the media being referred to as a sidekick um and Wait, nicole bahari <laughs> yeah and nicole bahari has always been referred to as kind of like you know like Tom Lysen's right. It's like, right, yeah. right, as opposed to, uh, yeah. Sorry, that's like 
different from my interpretation. Right. Like, no, so we want to ask you about that. Like, yeah. how do you feel about that? And do you feel like their um, relationship extends beyond the hero mm-hmm. and sidekick? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I, like, I think, you know, in any time or place they would be friends, they would have found each other. Right. You know, that, that this, it's incidental. You know, any any story, like, they would have sought each other out. Um, and, you know, their ideologies and their courage, you know, is so compatible that they, you know, you can drop them into any AU. And, you yeah, know, and they'll just work. Yeah. Yes. Um, but no, I absolutely like feel that Abby's the driving force. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ichabod appeared in her life, but I, you know, while you know his inclusion streamlined her, you know, into the the battle against Moloch, I feel like she would have been there without him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like the the two of them together means that I feel like they'll be able to defeat him. Right. <laughs> but I don't feel like you know there was ever a point that you know he's the reason she's in this. Right. Um, you know, they were they were destined regardless. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I really object to the, the <laughs> she's the okay. main character. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Abby's relationship with Ichabod mm-hmm. is definitely one of the more uh, prominent mm-hmm. and featured ones on the show. In the comics, do, you, do we see more of her relationship with Jenny or Corbin or mm-hmm. Andy explored more? Um, yeah, that's actually something, um, with the, the first two issues, they're both one-shots and they take place, um, well, all the issues take place within the first season at different points. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first two, you can, you know, sort of jump in and then the second two are part of our like two-part finale. Okay. And the the two-part finale, um, well, okay. With the first one, it's really an Abby and Ichabod story. With the second one, it expands to being about um, Abby and Jenny, and you know, then Ichabod, and um, and Corbin to a degree. And the last one is like you know an ensemble piece, and you know we've got everyone there. You know, like we've got Frank there, we've got Andy there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's going to be and Henry even. You know, it's yeah. going to be. I want it to be, you know, a, a total incorporation, um, you know, of everyone and getting to get into everyone's head and everyone's fears. So. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, recently on our podcast, we discussed um, women and people of color mm-hmm. in um, history and the mm-hmm. Revolutionary War and how they're often ignored. Yeah. Um, so we we constantly so on the show we're seeing a lot of white men and they're com- but it's like white men that we've known in history. Um, so in the comics, do we get to see? Oh, and their characters. Oh darn it, we never went back to look. Yes, there's George but Washington's this, personal mm-hmm. slave who mm-hmm. was actually mm-hmm. there, like when he was making the battle plan. Mm-hmm. So Ichabod would have met him. And he was like the only slave that he ended up freeing or something. Mm-hmm. Like right. Personal um, or there's also a woman whose last name is Corbin, mm-hmm. which we when we discovered, mm-hmm. crap, and I'm so angry, I can't remember her name right now. But I just thought, mm-hmm. oh my god, it would be so mm-hmm. cool like if mm-hmm. we could also put Corbin mm-hmm. into this. Um, do we see any of that in the comic? <laughs> I, one of the, the things that like galls me is like the constraint because comics, like, you know, when I go in with like the expectation of, you know, look how much they, you know, did on a single episode of the TV show. Yeah. It's like, wait, I have 20 pages. Yeah. And so it was, you know, I was really torn because I wanted to get into like the grander history. Like at some point in their lives, um, my stepmom, my stepdad, and my mom, and my dad were all history professors. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I grew up like steeped in it. And uh-huh. so there's so much stuff I wanted to bring in. Mm-hmm. About the Revolutionary War, and it was, you know, wait, I can't, I have to make a choice. It's like, do I want like, to, you know, stress Ichabod and Abby, or do I want to stress, you know, like the larger history? Yeah. And I wound up coming down the side of characterization each time. Right. And so it was something that I really regretted. And you know, there were a number of things where I was like, you know, or just in like the pitches, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like here's to you know praying that we get like a second season of comics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd love, yeah, to get back into that. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, you know, that was that was something that I like had to make a choice, and right. you know, and I a part of me regrets making, but I do feel like. 
like fans will be able to respond, you know, with greater emotion, you know, to, to the character events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I am now. Okay. But ideally, I will get another chance. Oh, <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so in the Sleepy Hollow universe, mm-hmm. many fans in the media see Katrina as being very defined by her husband mm-hmm. and by her son, mm-hmm. and her story is lacking, mm-hmm. as well as like her, some of her agency and autonomy. Mm-hmm. So is Katrina more active mm-hmm. in the comments? Will she um, do magic? Yes. <laughs> Spoiler, sorry. Actual acting. <laughs> yeah. Katrina, Katrina definitely shows up as, a, as an active character in the second issue, and um, she... I can't know. That's a spoiler. Uh, it's okay. It's no. <laughs> I, I I like Katrina a lot, and I and I feel uh, I'm really hopeful for a second season. You know, mm-hmm. now that she's out and doing things like you know, there's such a sense of what you can do within captivity that even though you your agency has been denied you physically, you know, you're still resourceful enough. You're still cunning enough. You know, you still have these other. Um, skills available to you mm-hmm. that you can, you know, manage to get by the conventional bonds that have been placed on you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I completely agree with, like, you know, like the, the the fact that she's been deprived of that agency. I don't think that makes her like a helpless character. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it, it goes back and forth because you right. know you want to see someone who's given power, especially a female character. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do also, you know, want to show that, you know, you could take everything away from this person. They'll still find a way right. to wreck you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hopefully. Right. Yeah. I feel like you're going to really like this latest episode um, mm-hmm. because Abby says something, mm-hmm. like, really mm-hmm. supportive. Okay. Uh, she kind of yeah. calls the Kabat out a little bit. I, no, yeah, I no, can't. A lot just of watch it. She watch calls him out a lot of it. <laughs> one of my favorite things is when she just is not having yeah, any. Yeah, right. She's just like, right. Yeah. Um, so Nicole Bahari has mentioned that the first time she got involved mm-hmm. with Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. she matches it that she'd be wearing like corset and mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Nicole has a very active uh-huh. imagination, and I'm—I don't know if you've heard about her whole post-apocalyptic mermaid thing. That no. she's like, she loves mermaids. She loves so mermaids. She's always like, I want to be a post-apocalyptic mermaid. Yes. Well, let me talk about. <laughs> we were just gonna ask that. So, considering how wild the world of Sleepy Hollow is, like, uh-huh. will we ever get something like that, like a flashback mm-hmm. or a Halloween special, or like a dream mm-hmm. sequence where? Yeah. I loved like just, like crazy dream sequences and like um, horror was my was my background. I started in prose and okay. um, so I love you know getting into like uh, like even when I did um, Batman was my first story and a huge part of the Batman story was this like sequence of like heavy psychological horror right. and I you know like the, the 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 story that we're you know going through the revision process right now the two part finale deals heavily with that and what each character's personal hell is and you know like they're they're placed in this moment and you know one of them like i i had come up with a plan for what the characters like you know what like the, the worst thing that you know they could imagine having to happen to them over and over would be and when i actually got done with the writing i was like no that's wrong like <laughs> they would love this uh-huh. and then it was like does the fact that they love it make it even worse does it become their hell because they're aware of how despicable it makes them yeah and it was just like uh <laughs> learning <laughs> um, so yeah but you know the, like the freedom um, in comics is just how unrestricted a lot of the spectacle is you know like you can you can I remember um, I used to be really big into Doctor Who and I uh, remember reading it's not like an interview <laughs> sorry <laughs> 
Martha. Martha. My heart is still with her. Oh, I um, love Martha. There was, I think it was an interview with Neil Gaiman, uh, where he's talking about, you know, when you were writing the script, you had to be aware that you could either do a CGI-heavy show or do a prosthetic-heavy show, but because of the budget, you couldn't do both. Ooh. And, uh, you know, in comics, you know, you just get to be as, like, yeah. you know, crazy, bizarre, and full of spectacle as you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're only limited by your artist's imagination, and we've managed to put together just a fantastic team. I mean, George on pencils and Tamara on colors, and Noelle Stevenson are in our covers and back Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. she's I great. could not ask for, uh, you know, better yeah. people to be working with. Um, so our last question oh wait second second to last question um, it's a little bit of a fun one um, this since, has all been fun <laughs> good um, so I, I I hope you have fun answering this question it's not too hard okay but if Team Apocalypse um, walked into a karaoke bar what songs would their characters oh, sing? Lord. And after how many drinks? Jeez. I feel like the final countdown is like, you know, is that two on the nose? For each of them, I don't know. Because I, I would put all of them up there, either they're doing like Bohemian Rhapsody together. <laughs> like with Moloch. Yeah. yeah. With Moloch. yeah. He's pouring yeah. drinks. <laughs> He's just trying to get everyone wasted. Right. There right. we go. <laughs> Um, now there's, uh, yeah, like, music is a huge part, like, even just of the comic series, which was, which was, you know, a little peculiar to write, because it's, you know, something that really can't transfer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you know, lyrics and musical notes, and otherwise it requires familiarity with the songs being referenced, or imagination for what these lyrics, you know, would be put to. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the second issue, um, really intertwined into it is this old, super creepy German folk song. Yeah. Um, that, you know, we, we, like, twist it up to, like, fit the story, so I hope you like it. I hope it, like, you know, it's kind of nightmarish. I'm into it. Oh, exciting. Um, So our last question. Mm -hmm. Are there any plans to extend beyond the four issues? Like, what would we as Mm -hmm. fans have to do to help you get? I don't know. Um, I suppose, you know, just a a positive response. I mean, even, even if I'm not involved in them, like, the fandom really deserves to have this comic, you know, like just to just to have it going and to have, you know, this entry point, you know, into the larger medium. So I, you know, again, it's not, it's not about me. Like, I would rather, like, y'all be happy, and, yeah. you know, for us to, to get that second season greenlit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it would be, like, you know, positive reviews or, you know, talking to the, the creators online, um, you know, like, like the writer's room or even, you know, like just tweeting like at, you know, like the, the Sleepy Hollow Twitter account. Um, I mean, like the actors have been so golden with helping promote the comic. I mean, like yeah. Orlando Jones has been tweeting about it a lot and I want yeah. to like give him one and be like, thank you, hi, Is that all? Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to ask us? Um, just that I'm super grateful, you know, that this got put together and that, you know, I was chosen for the project, like... Like, I wake up every day, and, I'm, you know, I just feel so blessed. And, yeah. like, you know, so thank you guys so much for your support yeah. and for your interest, because this is what, you know, makes this happen. So yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, this is, like, the most fun that I've had in an interview in a little bit. <laughs> really? <laughs> the last one had, like, a bottle of whiskey, so oh. way ahead well, of the game. <laughs> do you like chocolate? Because I have chocolate from England.
Hey, so what did you think of the interview? Are you asking me, the person who wasn't at the interview? Yes. <laughs> oh, um, well, actually, the weirdest thing was like when she mentioned Daphna, I was like, I went to school with Daphna. Really? Yeah, we actually even worked together in the computer lab. Oh, it's wow. just uh, after we graduated, she continued to pursue writing and being awesome. And I work for the government now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Always write on the side. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. It's it's so nice to have fans be involved in doing the like, side property stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Noel Stevenson. It's good when the writer is actually invested in the show. Yeah, definitely. And loves the show. We didn't actually get to meet Noelle. I think we went and she wasn't there and we were like running around and stuff. Her comics are super cute. Mm -hmm. And the first issue was really good too. I'm excited for next month's. Yeah. Did you get the one that was in the store? I got you. We got you um, a signed copy. She signed yours with gold ink. (gasps) Are you going to mail it? (laughs) Yeah. I have to mail you that. I have to give you my address. The uh, Archer cards that we got you picked up. We're (laughs) jealous. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, but it looks like Boom is really interested and invested in the property. So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that Sleepy Hollow gets a comic. I mean, not a lot of TV shows do. No, I hope it does well. The Buffy Vampire Slayer comic is still going. The comic also seems less awkward than some of the other stuff they've released, like the di- Secret Diary of Ichabod or whatever. Yeah, it's that um, it's a lot more in tone with the series, I think. Yeah. What did you think about what you said about Katrina? Because we're always ragging on Katrina. But um, she has some interesting points, too. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. Like, it gives me a little bit more. It makes, if you view the character that way, I get it. I guess a little bit more respect for her. Yeah, but... And her position. In terms of Katrina's story, I think everyone was kind of expecting it to be how Marguerite was discussing it. And I think we're all familiar with that kind of story where a woman is in a position that she has... She has very little agency and she's kind of trapped, which is what was happening in Purgatory. But I think people wanted that to be shown and not like, all they kept saying was, oh, she's a powerful witch, she's a powerful witch, and not mm-hmm. establishing her background mm-hmm. and her character story. Because if she, if we had gotten her character story sans Ichabod, like, oh, how she was a Quaker and how maybe her father was a hypocrite and maybe, maybe she ran away from home and joined the coven. Or yeah, or she always had these powers and kept them secret from him and then join the coven or something or how she got involved like how she got to the point where she was being sold off to abraham we don't even know that any of that and like i know some things about her are supposed to be secretive which makes sense but i feel like they had hadn't planned to take the character very far and then they went, oh, she's a Quaker. Oh, wait, she's a noblewoman. Oh, wait, maybe no one will notice that we kind of messed up the story, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you made an interesting right. observation earlier about maybe, like, a character in that position or in that trope done well might be, like, an example of that would be, like, Sansa, Sansa. from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except mm-hmm. for the thing about Sansa is, like, we know she doesn't have that much power. And the thing, the difference between Game of Thrones and, like, not Game of Thrones, but Song of Ice and Fire specifically, because Game of Thrones, I don't think, does a very good job of showing it either. But um, the thing about a Song of Ice and Fire is that we know that Sansa doesn't have any power as opposed to Katrina. She's supposed to be powerful, which they keep telling us every five minutes and then not really showing us something. Like, they're not showing us that she's powerful and they're also not showing us why she can't use her powers. In the latest episode, they said something like, Henry and... Abe have this conversation about how the spell that we're keep that's keeping her from using her powers in here 
is still working. Like we don't even get to see her trying to use magic and failing and then confronting anybody about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marguerite's perspective on Katrina makes me view her kind of differently though. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopeful like if the writers take that same approach, maybe we'll see something really interesting around her using soft power, diplomacy and badassery. Yeah. To make things happen. Well, hopefully. That's like the I that's like the ideal like outcome for this character for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And I mean, she needs to be a little bit more morally complex because I think they're writing her in such a way that a lot of the fans already suspect that she is not as she seems. And if it doesn't play out, I think then people are going to be like, oh, this character is definitely right. a failure. You know, like we expected so much more from this character. Right. And that's not what we're getting. So, yeah. But I wonder too if some of those expectations are rooted in sexism. And wanting a character to be perfectly competent and perfect, which also makes her a boring character. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, know. right. That's true. But like, if it's a, that's that is true. If Katrina was a man, I doubt. I mean, it's obvious she would be getting much less criticism. People would probably call him or her like cute. <laughs> like, I you know what I mean? You know those white male characters that like fail at like everything, and the, but they're like, oh my god. They're so sweet and the thing, gentle. The thing about Katrina, though, is that people do defend her a lot. I think there's a subset of fandom that's not here for her who have constantly seen women of color be hated on for, like, the least, you know... Well, yeah, but but isn't... But correct me if I'm wrong, Marissa, but wasn't your point, like, isn't your point, like, the fact that people want her to be evil, like... No, I think um, is, it's is like people are like, why, are, why can't she get it right? What's wrong with her? Why isn't she casting awesome mm-hmm. spells all the time? And why isn't she always saying or doing exactly what I want her to be doing? Mm. I don't know. I feel like it's the writing and not necessarily like because the character in theory is a character should that should be really work. cool. Yeah, should she, be really cool. Yeah, she should be really cool as a I character. I mean, look how people received Caroline, for example, and right, you know, sh- and then and like people don't like Holly either because. Holly's fucking awful. <laughs> Although, like, if I feel like now them giving her this sort of like morally gray character, I feel like they might be responding to the fact that so many people just want it. People have been writing all this amazing meta for her in season one. I almost feel like we did the job for the writers because uh-huh. it didn't seem like. Like, I, I kind of, I wonder if they heard fans' reaction and they're like, oh shit, like, wow. That's what I was thinking. Why think- did we do this last season? That's what I was thinking. And then I read the synopsis for the eighth episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, I know you guys haven't read it yet, so I'm going to, I'm going to not say anything about that. But you can, you can read it really quickly and then come back about it if you want. You mean the comic? It's not for the comic. It's for the eighth episode of the season. It's about. It's going to be about a succubus and no, oh. which is an interesting <laughs> succubi are interesting, right? They're interesting. No, no. but yeah. they're no. Wait, I think we no, should talk about sure. this like next episode because I want to keep. We should keep this inner this one short. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, one thing I don't know if you did. You guys have anything else you want to comment on about the interview? No, I okay. was. Wishing I was there. <laughs> she was really great. She's the kind of yeah. I feel like we had really good questions to begin with, but her answers elevated mm-hmm. our questions. We talked a lot after the interview um, about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> 
sexism and true detective and mm-hmm. she's just great she's a really really great person and i'm so happy that we got the chance to interview her and i look forward to potentially interviewing her again like in the future like yeah maybe we'll be at another event and she'll be there and hopefully she'll remember us she's really fucking cool yeah and her her comment about katrina was very like thoughtful and diplomatic mm-hmm. Because I know we have the tendency to kind of be snarky and that's just our thing. But if we think about it seriously, yeah, I think my problem is the failure in the writing. Not so much mm-hmm. like the actual character and what she could be or what she could represent, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of potential in the character. I just, I think they're kind of wasting it. Mm, yeah. I kind of agree with her on that. And um, her other answers were great. I mean, there's not much else we can say about that I guess I love that she gets the show and she gets why Abby is important and it's not just about Ichabod and she gets how Abby grounds the the plot in realism and things like that so yeah yeah great interview yeah. everyone should read the comics read the comics yes the comics. and follow us on read follow the our podcast yeah read the We're- comics legally don't yes. cheat like buy it yeah. there's a way to buy it online there's comicsology there are all these uh, i think boom you can also buy special edition covers mm-hmm. uh for the first issue from boom like buy it because yeah. when you buy it, it's super we'll short get, like, a- there's only four issues so you can afford it yeah and also um what was i gonna say that if you're yeah. if you want your comic if you want your comic book store to carry it ask for it as well that's also important i think that's all Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find our Sleepy Hollow recaps, Game of Thrones recaps, and other podcasts at Fat Pink Cast, at Tumblr, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on iTunes, Podbay, and Stitcher. Yep, and I guess we will be leaving you with a funny little, <laughs> what was it? Like a, a lawyer ad? It was like John the law Noble, firm. The law firm. John Henry Parrish's Her- law firm. Yep. And we're just going to play it. Yes, we'll Peace. just play it for you. Read Bye. the comic. Yes, read the comic. Bye. Bye. Hello, friends. It is the season of ghosts and ghouls. But nothing is more frightening than finding yourself without proper legal representation in your darkest hour. Have you been injured in an horrific accident? Haunted by accusations of a crime you did not commit. Terrorized by the monsters of society and left feeling all but dead and buried. My name is Henry Parrish. And I too know how it feels to be trapped, helpless, terrified. But you take it from me. In the right hands, you need never feel that way again. As your attorney... I am prepared to wage war against those who would bring you down. For what is war but an instrument of justice? Don't wait until your world is coming to an end. Let me be your advocate today, and I'll end your legal nightmares.